0: Look at my butt. Show number 202 of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Talk Trek.
1: Recording is happening, and Happy New Year! Happy New
0: Year. It is a wonderfully shatner New Year. Yes. And and here we are um, finally getting back into the swing of things. My, My life has been crazy since Christmas and yours too. Yes,
1: both of our lives have been wild and crazy. Uh, But we have to do a podcast because
0: it's time to to talk to our listeners and tell them what's going on and open our presents. I was going to say,
1: otherwise we don't get to open our presents. And they've been sitting on my table going, don't you want to know
0: what's in here? I know. It's terrible. I've been just looking and looking and looking. So, yes, I'm very happy. Okay. Um, So, let's do the presents first. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, Well, we've got... Two each, I think. Yes. Correct? Yes. So, um, do you do you want to go first? Do you want to do one?
1: Okay, I'll do one now. This is the one in the box that I cut open, but haven't looked at. Okay. Okay. Now I'm so, pulling out um, plastic air filler. Okay. This is sort of the truck crap present, but I think you'll
0: like it anyway. Okay. I thought you could use this. Oh! Oh!
1: Oh! Oh! It's Star Trek <laughs> Christmas lights. <laughs> I do love it.
0: It's not a long string. It's just a short string. Yes, so it's okay. not like, you know, you don't have to, um, it's not going to take up a lot of room in your storage. I know that <laughs> you've been trying to declutter and stuff. So I hope this doesn't add to the clutter. No, but... this
1: is going to be great because, you know, I can, I can put it like where Captain Kirk is or, yeah. or one of my many Kirks, you know. Thank you so much. Oh, I just saw
0: them and I thought they were adorable. They're, they're in the shape of the um, insignia yes, on the shirt. Yes,
1: they're gold. Uh-huh. And oh, how wonderful! Yeah, thank I just you. Love, those were just adorable. I and really and this is like not trek crap. This is this is a trekabilia of the highest quality. <laughs> and I'm popping the uh, plastic so you don't <laughs> think there's bombs going off or anything. Thank Ooh. you. Oh, you're very welcome. Glad to like it. Okay, mm-hmm. now I'm
0: going to open the one that said Astro on the outside okay. of it. Okay. So let's see what this is. It's in a. It's like a box. If I can get it out. Oh, jeez. <gasps> It's an astronaut. It's yes! A, it's an astro light, in fact. And it's a little astronaut. It's a USB powered <laughs> LED light. Oh, he's so cute. Oh. He's so cute. Oh, his. Okay, I have to get it out of the cardboard here, but the, the USB thing is attached to his, his, his life support, his <laughs> arrows. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he's on a spacewalk. Oh, wow. Oh, and I want to see what it looks like when it's lit up. Okay, plug it in. I can, I can get it open. Oh, I see. So the cord that, oh, this is cool. The cord that is his life support system is a, it's flexible, but it's also stiff. So you can plug it in and then like position it so he's floating up in the air. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, this is cool. And he's supposed to light up, so you could use him, like, for a nightlight. Yeah. Now, I have him plugged in, and he's not lit up. I'm guessing there's a switch on here or something. Let me see.
1: How does he turn on? No.
0: There has to be a switch. He can't
1: just be there sucking up power. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, okay.
0: Here we go. Look at the switch. Uh, On, off. Oh, my God. It's in Japanese. Oh, no. All right. <laughs> Well, is there on. like a drawing? Oh, there it is. I see. Okay. Yeah, I, I get it now. There's a little switch at his back. Oh, he is adorable. He's a very bright light.
1: <laughs> wow. It's, so it's well, they don't face. send any dim bulbs up into space, no. you know. <laughs> it's it's So you flip
0: up his visor, mm-hmm. and, and what lights up are his eyes. So the whole faceplate just lights up with this very, very bright light. Oh, wow. wow. That is cool. That is quite like elaborate. That. It is. This is awesome. Thank you very much. This will definitely come in handy. (laughs) (laughs) when you don't want to put your light on and Mm -hmm. you just need a little bit of light to work by okay wow i like how he just floats in the air that's (laughs) awesome i will i will take a picture of this and um post it to twitter or something oh good well well, you know
1: i saw it online and uh i thought oh this looks so cute i hope this doesn't turn out to be you know absolute no this uh, is great i
0: really really like it it's awesome Cool. Thank you. Wow. Okay.
1: He's floating in space. All right. Maybe we should have a contest to name him. Oh. Or should we just assume it's Captain Kirk? I think we could
0: assume it's Captain Kirk.
1: Okay. Now, Captain Kirk. I am going to open this one that you wrapped. Yes. See what's in it. It's in like a, a soft pack to protect
0: it. Yeah. I think you will enjoy this. So this is... Um, A a Trek-related thing. Again, it's one of those wonderful things that was done by fans. Uh Uh-huh. And I I saw it, and I looked at it, and I was like, you will like this. It is
1: really, really good. Okay. 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 It is wrapped up. There's a lovely card. (laughs) (laughs) Right before the reindeer gets stunned. Silly. (laughs) I like that. I'll have... If you did not... Take a picture of this. I'm going to have to take a picture of it, and uh, and we can post it. And I will. Yes. I will read your note later. Okay. It is.
0: It is a good um, Star Trek themed Christmas. Card. <laughs> I like that a lot. Okay,
1: so now I'm opening the wrapping paper. <clears throat> you can hear it. Oh my goodness! I saw this online. <laughs> this is a book. Yes. Star Trek. Fun with Kirk and Spock. It is so good. And on the cover, they're kneeling down by Khan right before they wake him up. But Kirk's got a finger to his mouth going Shh (laughs) (laughs) Oh and and let's see what it says on the back. See the Enterprise. See the Enterprise go boldly. Go, 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 Enterprise. Go boldly. Okay, I'm going to totally love this. It's so (laughs)
0: funny. I saw it in a store. I picked it up, and I flipped through it just to make sure that it was actually funny all the way through, and it really is funny all the way through. It's wonderful. And it has those sort of, like, highlights-type illustrations of the Mm -hmm. crew. And it very much reminded me of check gas, gas okay, sort of approach (laughs) to Star Trek.
1: Okay, I just flipped open to um, Christine and Uhura in bathing suits and Spock with a, a rubber duck floating around his waist. Will you swim with us, Spock? No, it is not logical. (laughs) Sometimes Spock is no fun.
0: Like, most of the time. There are some really funny Kirk jokes in there. Oh. I mean, it's, it's just so good. The people who did this book are clearly, you know, huge, huge fans. <laughs> and it's great. It, and there are running jokes, too. So the further you read, the funnier it gets because some things just keep coming back.
1: <laughs> yeah, I just ran into see Kirk fight. So, yep. <laughs> oh, this is great. I am going to so enjoy this. It's awesome.
0: Thank you. You are welcome. One of us had to have
1: that. It's so good. Okay. So now <laughs> wait, wait. I'm opening. Wait, wait. I have to read this. Even though I haven't read it yet, I've got to read it out loud. It's Captain Pike. <laughs> Poor Captain Pike. Captain Pike was in a terrible accident. Captain Pike cannot walk. Captain Pike cannot talk. Captain Pike can get preferred parking spots. <laughs> <laughs> awful i love it i love it love it love it oh it's good oh man oh good yay Yay. why you like it oh i do i do and i love the card and everything is good okay open your next one
0: okay this is from our friends at uncommon goods where i've actually purchased things in the past because i love all the shit that they have
1: well and it's all made in america
0: it is (gasps) Ooh. Are they socks? They look like socks. They're
1: dragon socks.
0: Wow. I have to open the plastic bag. (gasps) Wow. These are cool. They are not the Spock socks with the ears
1: hanging out. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Oh. (laughs) These socks are made to look like the foot part is the dragon, and then he's opening his mouth on your leg, and the flames are crawling up your leg. I (laughs) know. Wow. These are awesome. I love them. Oh, Good. I will put them with my, my space
1: socks and they'll go into the, the sock rotation. The space socks, yes. Well, oh. you know, I went there thinking I've got to find something kind of different. So I just kind of saw that. And then when it said dragon socks, I went, bye. Oh,
0: <laughs> these are awesome. Thank you very much. Oh, I, I love the colors and everything. Wow. The
1: dragon socks. <laughs>
0: are great yay thank
1: you we must have been very good little butt girls this year
0: because we got nice stuff we did we both got wonderful things Hooray. hooray for us well i hope all our listeners got good presents this year too yes yes indeed Okay. Well, um, there's one thing that neither you nor I got, but I want to mention it because one of our listeners tweeted it just the other day. Okay. Um, That's our good friend, Captain Ho. Mm -hmm. And so he said, check it out, another media conquered, and I totally agree with that. (laughs) They're um, Star Trek beer koozies. So they're, you know, like foam insulating Mm -hmm. things that you put your beer can in and um i sent you the photo of them yes and one is kirk and one is spock <laughs> and the weird thing is that they have no heads no. it's just their
1: torsos <laughs> Well, and in, in your little note to me, you said, where do you get these? I just saw a picture of these somewhere. Did you? I can't
0: remember where. Oh, because he didn't put in a link to where mm. to buy them. and I, I Googled for like five minutes, and I couldn't <laughs> find it. But um, they're a little strange without yes. the head. But
1: uh, I'm sure that they keep your beer or soda very, very cold. Well, and, and uh, Kirk has his phaser. Mm-hmm. Point at Spock. <laughs> yeah. Spock's holding up the Live Long and Prosper, like, stop, don't shoot me, you know. Um, and he has a tricorder, of course.
0: Yes. And um, they're very, very cute. And I guess you don't, oh, you'd have to get them as a set. It would be no fun to have just one.
1: Well, it would be fun if you could have two Kirks. It then would. they could fight. Oh, they could fight. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be good. A drunken barroom brawl, yes. <laughs> hey, so, you know, if the rest of you got... Got fun, you know, trek Christmas gifts or something? Send us pictures. We love them. Oh, yeah. We'd
0: like to know what everybody got for Christmas if it was trek related or even if it's not trek related and it was just a cool
1: thing. (laughs) Yeah, but if it's going to make us really, really jealous, well, send it anyway. But yeah, we we want to. We'll try to pretend we're happy for you.
0: Um, And so now, very quickly, I want to do a callback to uh, a more recent episode where we talked about, um, well, you found this, the, the Galaxy Quest novelization. Yes. That was the junior novelization, which I promptly ordered. And have been reading. I read it last night. And you know what? This is actually really good. (laughs) Oh, good! I have to say, like, I was a little bit worried that it was going to be really stupid. Mm -hmm. really stupid. But it's not. It's a very faithful adaptation of the movie. I think the person who wrote it actually didn't adapted from the script or from watching the movie I think they adapted it from the actual novelization of Galaxy Cross which I also happen to have Okay, and here's how I know it Um, it's because in the scene where um, uh, Alexander Dane and Quellock are um, about to they're freeing the other Thermians right and then Quellock gets shot And then it's very touching, and he passes away and Mm -hmm. and all that. In both books, it says that when he gets shot, his chest turned red, which is not what happened in the movie because the Thermians don't bleed red blood. Right. So I believe that. Whoever wrote the novelization, the original novelization, also did not have access to the movie um, and was just working off a script. And then this Mm -hmm. junior novelization was based on the other novelization. Because you figured they would have fixed something like
1: that. Right. Interesting.
0: But here's a part that I, I want to read Because this novelization As the regular novelization Has a couple of little scenes that were not in the final cut Some of them are on the DVD And we, we saw those Like when mm-hmm. they're showing them their quarters And you, you get yes. to see um, you know, <laughs> the, the bare square of a room And, and um, yeah It's very very funny But there's a part in here that, that's really good So it's when um, Gwen is is Changing into her Galaxy Quest uniform um, and Jason Nesmith walks in on her and then they have a little conversation and she's saying, you have to tell them that we're not astronauts, that we're just actors. And he's like, no, why should we tell them? They believe us. We can do this stuff. And so she says to him, Jason, you have to tell them what if something happens? We're actors, not astronauts. We can't do this stuff. And he says, it's not the stuff. Anybody can learn this stuff. He said, the important thing is commitment. 99% of anything is just committing to it. <laughs> And I was like, oh my God, they, they, Bill probably said that at some point (laughs) and they just took that and put it right into the script. And so I really, really wish that little scene had been in there just to hear him say that. That
1: is so Bill.
0: It's so Bill. (laughs) 99% of anything is just committing to it. That's right. (laughs) But you know what? Just reading this little book, it only took me, you know, like an hour to read it. Mm Mm-hmm it really captures the flavor of the movie and it was so much fun to read through it. It it made me laugh all over again.
1: Oh, great.
0: It's just so good. Now, here's a question for you because there was a plot point in here that maybe I've been missing okay. all the time that we've been watching this movie and, and you were getting it and I wasn't. In which oh. case I'm going to, I'll probably the only one who didn't get this. Okay. So at the beginning of the movie, um, when when Jason Nesmith walks into the other guys, they're mad at him because they found out that he accepted an appearance that they're not included in. Right. And he says to them, Oh, it's just some kids who have a bunch of cardboard boxes in their garages. It's it's mm-hmm. no big deal. Okay. And then the next day when the Thermians pick him up, he thinks that's where he's going to, to this garage with a bunch of kids who have cardboard boxes. Right. But of course they take him onto the actual right. spaceship. The kids with the cardboard boxes are Brandon and his friends. Oh, see, I didn't know that. <laughs> like, were we supposed to understand that? Because well, it's 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 in here. It's very clear in this book that it was them. But I, I'm like, what did they ever say that in the movie? Or no, were we they didn't. To and why it?
1: would Brandon be so wanting to get his question answered at the con?
0: Right. If if he was going to be at his house the yeah, next day, yeah. So. I don't know, but anyway, it's in the book, and I just thought that's really weird because we never do find that out. you know he misses yes. the appearance Whatever and then that was yeah, nobody ever says anything about it, so anyway, I just wanted to make sure, so you didn't get it either Nope, no.
1: so if others let us know. What your uh, opinion or what your experience has been with getting that plot point or not?
0: Yeah, because I'd really like to know.
1: Yes. So anyway, um, if anybody who's a
0: real Galaxy Quest fan, if you don't have the novelization, it's so cheap you can find it on Amazon or whatever for a couple bucks. I would highly recommend getting it because it's just so much fun to read it through. They're they're
1: called (laughs) Questarians. Um, in
0: fact, there's a little scene on here. Oh, gosh, let me see if I can find it. And it's really well written. And again, it wasn't in the book. Um, but it's uh, so it's on the last day of the con. Mm-hmm. And um, oh, gosh, I should have marked this. Sorry. But it's where um, they're waiting, and, and everybody's disappointed because they haven't shown up at the con. Mm hmm. And so, there's a little thing in here where um, everybody's waiting, and there's a, a TV news person who's reporting on it. Oh, here we go. So, there's a scene, and it's Brandon's mom and dad who are watching TV, and, and there's a quick scene where he's, like, running out the door, right? And he's got armfuls of explo- um, Roman candles and fireworks and stuff like that. And she's like, where are you going? And he says, uh, we have to help the, the protector land because they're coming in too fast. And she's like, uh-huh, whatever. Um, So then the parents are watching, and here's what it says. Um, Brandon's mom and dad sat on the couch reading the newspaper. The TV was on in the background, but nobody was really watching as a perky E! Entertainment reporter was relating the latest gossip. On the screen was an unflattering photo of Jason Nesmith. So then here's the reporter. Has Galaxy Quest space commander Jason Nesmith checked in or checked out? She gushed. Jim Dapperson reports from the GalaxyCon science fiction convention in Pasadena. So then the scene cuts to the reporter in front of the convention center, and he says, Hi, Marsha. It is the third day of the GalaxyCon, and Jason Nesmith and his Galaxy Quest crews are all no-shows to the event, much to the disappointment of the questoids gathered here. Get right, so that wrong. Um, he raised his microphone to a disappointed fan dressed in a tough warrior alien outfit. Uh, We just really feel let down, said the warrior alien. I mean, part of the show is about sticking with your friends no matter what. We just feel abandoned, he added (laughs) in a choked voice. And then the reporter says, do you think maybe he's in space? And the warrior goes, are you mocking me? (laughs) (laughs) And then the reporter goes, ha, 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 Jim said, snatching back the microphone, digitize me, Martha. And... And I was like, that is it. That's perfectly it, right? How right. the news media is when they're covering a con. They're so condescending to the people and they get the words wrong and everything. Exactly. Oh, my God. So that was awesome. I just really, really appreciated that little bit of, yep, we know that the media is horrible to science fiction fans.
1: Well, yes. And it's like, you know, when you were speaking to the reporter <laughs> in Sacramento and you pointed out that they picked the craziest looking fan they can find mm-hmm. and uh, put her picture on the front page
0: Yep, just to say, look at how crazy these people are.
1: That's right. <sighs> so anyway, I'm,
0: I'm sorry that wasn't in the movie, because that was good, but that was a, a well-written little scene. Yes. Questoids.
1: Well, speaking of Galaxy Quest, here's something. I'm sending it to you well, right now, because oh I forgot to put it in the list. Uh. So um, here it comes. Okay, I'm
0: waiting. I'm waiting.
1: And we can talk about it. Okay, this is a, a thing I found online, 20 Things You Might Not Know About Galaxy Quest.
0: Really? Oh, that's so interesting. Yes, so well,
1: let's see how many of them we know. Oh, cool. I will All start right. out. Please. While you're getting the mail. Yes, I'm, I'm opening it. Okay, this first one we do know. The film had to cut some salty language in mm, order yes. to get the PG rating. Okay. Um, this one I didn't know. The film took aim at film critics before it even hit the big screen. You know the movie's big baddie, Saras? He was reportedly named after film critic Andrew Saras, who was outspoken about his dislike of producer Mark Johnson's oh. previous effort, The Natural.
0: Oh, see, I kind of thought that that was what the joke was, but I didn't know oh, why, so now okay. I know. That's great.
1: Ah. Okay, Alan Rickman's character was originally a knight, Now, Rickman thought that that didn't really job with this character. Still, in the film's credits, credits, it is listed as Sir Alexander Dane.
0: Oh, wow. I never even noticed that.
1: Okay, did you know this? There was a fake documentary about it on the E! channel? I have watched parts of it because they're all posted on YouTube. Oh, okay.
0: They're pretty good. They're very funny.
1: Okay. Um, There might still be a sequel. That's all very iffy. It is the seventh greatest Star Trek movie ever (laughs) made according to Trekkers, who voted. We know that. (laughs) Absolutely. i place it higher, but... (laughs) Now, I didn't realize this, just because I never noticed technical stuff. The film's aspect ratio changed in theaters to help hammer home the story. In theaters, the first 20 minutes of the film were presented in the the 185 to 1 aspect ratio before before blowing out to 235 to 1 when the spaceship lands on Thermia.
0: I... Didn't notice that when I saw it in the movie theater. <laughs>
1: no, in fact, I'm not even sure what all that means. Me neither. The film was one of the first to use its own website, hmm. um, and there is a screen cap. I remember that website, Travis Latke's looking... Galaxy Quest page, yeah. and it's got lots of fonts and lots of colors, and and
0: it's on a black um, starfield background, as all GeoCities websites were. That's
1: um, right. <laughs> um, it even included a. Giant trove of fake episode guides. I remember talking about this with you yeah. once. Yeah. They even had a fake superfan webmaster, Travis Latke. Mm-hmm. Um, the NSEA Protector serial number was listed as NTE3120. NTE is believed to be short for Not the Enterprise. <laughs> I like uh, that. It was Justin Long's feature debut, I knew that. Oh, yeah. oh yes. Uh, it was Rain Wilson's first movie, and I picked him out, and I didn't know it was his very first movie. Mm-hmm. The original title was Captain Starshine.
0: Oh. oh, right, and it was set to be directed by Harold Ramis. We talked about that. Yes, before. and he
1: wanted yeah. Kevin Klein for the part. Mm-hmm. Um, the Thermians might be related to another cinematic alien race. The Thermians claim to be from the planet. Klaatu Nebula.
0: Yes, I, I caught that as I was reading it in the book. I was like,
1: ah, oh, Klaatu Nebula. Yes, yes, so that's good. <clears throat> the film itself promises a return that also echoes Star Trek. Yeah, they get, you know, a new series, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. Tim Allen almost starting Bicentennial Man instead. Hmm. Mm. Well, let's
0: be glad he didn't. I'm so glad that he was in Galaxy Quest. Yes.
1: Uh, Justin Long's role almost went to somebody else. Um, You can thank, Now I'd heard this, Steven Spielberg, for that romantic subplot. He suggested that Missy Pyle's alien role be expanded, and that's why they put in a romance between her and uh, Tony Schellhoop. Wow. Sigourney Weaver kept her wig when shooting was over. And who can blame her? That thing looked amazing on her. (laughs) Um, And her costume, too, I think. I think so. And didn't she tell Missy Pyle, keep your costume? Keep your (laughs) costume. That
0: is great. So that's fun. Oh, how wonderful. Falling in love with Galaxy Quest all over again.
1: I know. I love that movie.
0: It is the best. The best Star Trek movie. Just love it. Yep. Yep. Well, thanks for sharing that. That was really good. Well, I
1: thought I'd put it in the list I sent you, and then when I looked at the list, I saw that I had actually pasted one other thing in twice. Oh, so, okay.
0: So, my bad. That's all right. Well, I'm glad we got to it. Very good. Okay. Let's see. Well, we've got many other things to talk about here. Um, let me get the list open.
1: Um, well, can we talk for a minute about those Trek bobbleheads? Yes, please. Okay, that was posted by our friend John Tenuto. Oh, nice. (laughs) Nice. And what uh, struck me is, for the most part, these are pretty good resemblances. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. The the ones I think are bad are um, Scotty. (laughs) They always get Scotchy wrong. Yeah, Scotchy must be very hard to capture. and. Oh, her, partially because she's taller than everybody, looks like a big drag queen.
0: She does. Her head looks so much bigger, and I know it's partly her hair, but, um, mm-hmm. yeah, she just, she looks really enormous, like she's six foot five. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and what is this weird little wave Chekhov is giving us? I don't know. It's like, know, oh, what, you.
0: I don't know what he's doing with his hand. <laughs> McCoy looks suitably annoyed.
1: Yes. As he always does. But the one that totally cracks me up is Khan. Oh, it's it's like his teeth are clenched in this weird smile. He looks like this strange
0: I, I I don't
1: know, 70s rock reject.
0: He does. He really really does. Yeah. The Sulu one is quite good. I like that one.
1: Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I just thought that was fun. and
0: I like that. Those are great.
1: Yep. And they're all standing on little Star Trek insignia platforms. <laughs> and, uh, and naturally, Spock is doing Live Long and Prosper. And McCoy has his arms folded. And Uhura has her hands on her hips. Because if you are a female actress, this is how you denote sassiness.
0: Of course. Putting your hands on your hips. Yes. Um, I would like to look at the gingerbread creations Okay, because they're kind of cool. We've seen lots of cakes. We've seen Star Trek cakes, but I don't think we've seen gingerbread before. No,
1: and uh, I have a a friend in California who who builds incredibly elaborate uh, gingerbread, not just houses, but she lives on Alameda, and so she does replicas of, like, various buildings like the library oh, and then wow. they get displayed and, and you know she does a lot of gingerbread work but uh, I have not seen her do anything Star trek
0: Well these are really awesome so mm-hmm. the first two that they have listed are Star Trek. Well of course. Um, the the Enterprise which looks pretty good and then um, the the gingerbread people and uh, Spock has little ears and then there's a red shirt that has a <laughs> big bite taken. On.
1: I know and his hair standing on end.
0: Oh. <laughs> Oh, I like this. It says, you can, of course, recognize Bones, Kirk, Spock, and that poor nameless sap that gets destroyed <laughs> as soon as the away team transports to an alien planet.
1: Oh, oh yeah, those really cracked me up. Those are great.
0: Boy <laughs> no um, red shirt. The, and the rest of these are really good, too. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and this is on Mental Floss. For people who want to look at it, we'll put the link in. Um, so there's the... Um, the Flynn's Arcade from Tron, mm-hmm. and, and a, a TARDIS. It's not blue, but it really looks like a TARDIS. But
1: good work, good work.
0: Yep. Yeah. Um, the Serenity Ship from Firefly. Mm-hmm. Um, for the 2001 Space Odyssey is great. It's a bunch of little astronauts standing around um, a giant gingerbread monolith.
1: <laughs> <laughs> little gingerbread astronauts. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Uh, that's really
0: good. Now, I didn't watch the little video here, but um, it says it's a gingerbread house that transforms into a robot-like Transformers.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. No, I didn't um, watch that either. I just sort of went, well, it's not Star Trek, and, you know, skirted on past it. Yeah. Um, and then there's a
0: bunch of Star Wars stuff. There's an At-At. There's a Millennium Falcon. There's an Ewok Village. That's a very elaborate Ewok Village it down really the It really
1: is. You know, and the Ewok Village, I've always thought, looked a little club med. Yeah. 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 <laughs>
0: I wonder if they ate it after they were <laughs> done with it. I'd like to know.
1: Yeah. Inquiring minds.
0: Uh, well, you know, you got to follow up for the details on these
1: things. So that's another media conquered.
0: <laughs> Gingerbread. Gingerbread. <yes. laughs> oh, um, Chalk it up, Bill. <laughs> um, there, uh, so one of the news items about Bill, yes. um, which I had also seen, but thank you very much for finding the link to it, is that he's going to do a voiceover for um, a British show. That I knew nothing about, and I didn't know if you'd heard about this. So. Well,
1: I had heard he was going to do the the voicing, you know, the voiceover, so I went and read the article, because I knew nothing about this <laughs> this show called Clangers.
0: Yeah.
1: And, um, it, it, what it says here is, it's a contemporary version of the BBC's beloved British stop animation television show from the 1960s, blah, 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 and, um... The Clangers are a unique family of imaginary pink, long-nosed, mouse-like creatures who live on a small blue planet in space. And uh, so Bill's like the narrator. But it kind of sounds like he's also going to be commenting on it.
0: Mm, That'll be interesting. Let's see. It's going to be on the Sprout Channel in June.
1: I've never even heard of that channel.
0: It's one of the many um, Mm -hmm. kid-themed channels that there are.
1: Well, the name of the Sprout president is Sandy Wax. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: I had seen one other (laughs) bit of news about this, too, which is that uh, they're doing different narrators for the U.K. and the U.S. Yes. Bill's going to be the narrator for the U.S., and um, the nice python, Michael Palin, is going to be the narrator (laughs) for the U.K.
1: Well, I like what they say about William Shatner. William Shatner has a voice that is comfortable in outer space (laughs) and captures the distinct charm of the show while bringing his own unique sensibility to the role. I agree totally with that, but I just like that. Comfortable in outer space, like that's a job requirement. Really? Well, you know, I think Bill's pretty much comfortable anywhere. It's true, because he's so comfortable with himself. He is. And that's that's the key.
0: He makes himself at home wherever he happens Mm -hmm. to be. Um, Let's see. Now, we've got a couple of fairly heavy issues to discuss. Uh, Do you want to do one more fun thing, and then we can take our break? Yes. Well, I'd like to just talk about Andrew Troy Keller for a minute, because (laughs) we haven't talked about Andrew Troy Keller for a while. Um, For those of you who may not remember, Andrew Troy Keller is a writer. (laughs) Put that in quotes, writer?
1: (laughs) No, he's a typist.
0: He's a typist. (laughs) And we knew him from back in the day when we were writing lots of Star Trek fanfic, and he basically writes the same story over and over again and just swaps out the names Mm -hmm. for every fandom under the sun. And it's terrible. And even back when he used to write somewhat different stories, they were all really, really terrible. But they did give us some of our most beloved catchphrases, uh, like, that was before eight months later, or (laughs) however that one meant.
1: Yeah. And he also comes up with these incredible... um... Oh, crap what's the word metaphors mm-hmm. that that you know are, are like tied to the story sort of
0: and he always describes the sex in the the most unsexy way possible so all of his stories are just porn basically mm-hmm. um and he he says the phrase that always cropped up and i remember this was it was the most erotic experience that he she had ever had or that the tribe had ever seen the tribe had ever seen yeah but it, oh, that phrase the most erotic experience mm-hmm. just gets pigeonholed It has to be shoved in there somewhere
1: yes um now i have to i opened the link when you sent it to me and i have to tell you what my experience was mm-hmm. i opened it and i read this is the first sentence and i want to share it with our listeners it was after Superboy brought her to the headquarters of the Legion of Superheroes that one of the Legion members, known as Ultra Boy, had volunteered to give Lana Lang a special workout in the gym, which she had gleefully accepted.
0: <laughs> and that's a really good flavor of what his writing is like
1: right there. Okay, so I'm like, oh my God, what what is going on with here? And then... I skipped down and found something else, and i got to find what the other thing was.
0: It's so funny. Oh, here's the part I love.
1: But while that was going on, I'm skipping over the sex. We'll get to that. Superboy walked over to Bouncing Boy and Duo Damsel and asked, Do you guys know where Lana is? I need to get her back to the 20th century in time for her birthday party. (laughs) If you have mastered time travel... Getting anywhere in time for anything is not an issue.
0: Not usually an issue, no. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I, I picked this one because it had the Legion of the Superheroes in it, one of our other fave weirdnesses <laughs> of pop culture. I wonder if he's
1: ever written for the Legion of Alternate se- Superheroes. I
0: couldn't find it. This was the only one okay. that I could find. And the, the title of this story is, We Were Just Enjoying a Relaxing Sauna which is pretty descriptive cuz that's kind of what happens. Mm-hmm. And then he's got like two lines worth of um warnings, you know, so that people can know what's going to happen in the story and it just goes on and on and on.
1: <laughs> and some of them are like, "Why do you warn me about future fic?" <laughs> you know,
0: okay, is is that going to trigger me knowing it's about the future? <laughs> Oh man! Um, so this is only I think 150 words. It's really short, and that was why I thought we could actually read it so people can can know about it. Yes,
1: my eyes just landed on the part in all caps.
0: <laughs> yes, I know. So we'll get to that. Well, how about you want me to read the first half, and yes. you can read the second Go half. Go right ahead. Just switch <laughs> off. Um, so warning: this is this is porn. So if you don't want to hear porn, uh, please skip over this. It's it's quite explicit. Let me tell but you. But it's funny. It's funny. So that you read the very first sentence. Yes. So the next sentence, which is the next paragraph, each sentence is a paragraph. Yes. Um, And after a nice workout inside that gym, the one legionnaire whose real name happens to be Joe Na had looked at Lana and her beautiful eyes and said, I could go for a nice sauna right now. Lana care to join me. And the next one starts. And after she nodded her head in response, both Lana and the former native of the planet Rimbor took off their clothes, wrapped towels around their naked bodies, and stepped into the steam room. But while the steam was doing its magic on them, Lana had opened her towel and exposed her nude body to Joe, which caused him to slip off his towel and rub his stone-hard dick before he kneeled down and placed his hands on her thighs. Look, Joe, I really do not think you should be doing that. You see? Dot, dot, dot. Said a shocked Lana just before Joe placed his hand on her lips and said, There is no need for you to be afraid, Lana. Besides, I saw in your eyes that you want to go through with it, too. It's really sexy. You want to go through with it. And while he was sucking on her moist snatch, a sudden realization had came to Lana because she was really enjoying having her first steamy encounter in the Legion steam room. Get it? Steamy steam room. <laughs> All right, I'm going to hand it off to you
1: now. Oh, okay. Then, after he had rubbed his stiff cock in in between her huge tits... Joe lifted Lana off the seat, turned her around, and started giving her such a hard fucking in the ass. You know,
0: Lana doesn't have huge tits, as far as I know. I've read a lot of Superboy comics, and no, she just doesn't.
1: Well, she grew them while she was traveling to space. Um, that That's one of the side effects. Okay. <clears throat> okay, Now, then we have the sentence about having to get back in time for the birthday party. <clears throat> oh, no, I saw her go into the sauna with Joe, period. Quotation mark, comma, answered Duo Damsel after she rolled her eyes and before she went to the sauna with Superboy and Bouncing Boy to confront their teammate. Meanwhile, back in the sauna, Joe was already sucking on Lana's tits and giving her soaking wet pussy the same hard fucking that he had given her butt earlier. Gosh, I'm so turned on isn't it great okay now this is in all caps (laughs) any quotation marks (laughs) holy shit but it's spelled w-h-o-l-l-y uh-huh yep yep (laughs) okay holy shit Yes, fuck my wet pussy, Joe. Fuck that son of a bitch dry. I do not give a shit. (laughs) That's always in there, too. Who comes in to interrupt us, yelled Lana, before there was a knock on the door, which was followed by a voice saying, Ultra Boy, get your ass off of Lana right now. "'Oh, shit!' yelled Joe after he realized who was behind the door and before they got the towels back on and stepped out of the sauna to face a trio of unhappy legionnaires. "'Is there something wrong, guys?' asked a smiling Joe before an embarrassed Lana cleared her throat and said, "'We were just enjoying a relaxing sauna.'" Oh,
0: so funny.
1: "'Wow!' That was it? That's that's really pretty mild for old Andrew Troy.
0: It is. And, you know, I just realized that this particular story does not have the the most erotic experience. No, no. Which is a bit of a shock. And I
1: also kind of think that um, Andrew Troy Keller must have discovered Spelling Checker. Except Except for that holy shit. (laughs) And And he's um, no longer quite as comma impaired. It's true. Um,
0: I will say, so this particular story is hosted at a a fairly well-known archive of uh, adult stories in fan fiction called Mm -hmm. Squidge.org, and he has 1,960 stories.
1: That's got to be some kind of record.
0: Isn't that amazing?
1: They should give him a Lifetime Achievement Award. I
0: love the fact that (laughs) his main email address is a Yahoo account also. (laughs) There's something about that that just makes me laugh.
1: Well, Yeah. Hey, and also, uh, here's the author's note. This AU story is a birthday gift for Lana Lang, oh. who was supposed to be born on July 17th. And you expect that to be followed by, but she was really busy, so it was rescheduled. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, and so, um, Andrew Troy Keller is apparently still writing. Uh, I note that in, in this particular archive, the last story he uploaded was um, in 2013, which is not that long ago. Really, but he he has switched from writing fanfic to writing original characters. Now I don't think they're really original, <laughs> but um, you know, they're original as far as he goes.
1: Um, I want to read some of the warnings, please. Okay, uh, first we okay. I'll read them it, all. It'll take a minute or twelve. Adult situations, anal sex, angst, AU, drama, event, birthday. First time, future fic, genre hetero, human alien human alien coupling kink, kink exhibitionism, kink fetish, kink masturbation, kink rimming, kink virgin fic, fic kink voyeurism language. Okay, there was where, where was the masturbation and the rimming and the virgin.
0: Uh there was no kink in that at all. None. No, no. no kink. So here let me read you another story because I just happened to click through this
1: one. Oh god, now we're stuck. No, this the be Andrew Troy Carter. Keller show.
0: This is this is four sentences. This okay. is a story and it's called Disappearing with the Light. Okay? This is it is by
1: his, is it by ATK?
0: It is by ATK. Okay, and it's it's one of his um more recent things. This is the whole story. Okay. I don't see that this is chapter 1 or anything like that. Here it goes. It was the night of Karen's birthday, and we were enjoying ourselves while giving her gifts and barbecuing food in the park. But, just as she was about to blow out the candles on the cake while we were singing Happy Birthday, this bright light appeared from nowhere. That was before this weird-looking guy stepped out of the light and handed a glowing orb to Karen. But when she touched it, Karen was sucked into that orb before that guy lifted his hand and said, The princess has been retrieved. We are heading home, before disappearing with the light. That's it. That's the whole story. Was that like some sort of challenge thing? It doesn't say anything about that, but that's it. That's the whole story. That's it.
1: That's all he wrote.
0: That is 103 words. I don't even think that was 103 words. That was like 25 words. Wow. (sighs) So you can read some of his other things. Here are some good titles just to give you um, a feeling for what they are. This one's called My Strange Visit to the Doctor's Office. (laughs) The next one is A Shock I Got from My Roommate. (laughs) Um, The next one is I Saw My Husband and the Maid in the Kitchen. These are like headlines from, you know, um, what is it, (laughs) Scandal Magazine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Here's another one. Two Castaway Lovers on a Deserted Island. I wonder what that's about. (laughs) Gosh, whatever could it be? How intriguing. Uh, The next one is, let me tell you about this wonderful dream I had. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This one's called, What I Saw Two Babes Doing. Uh, um, Let's see. Uh, What I was doing with the farmer's daughter. Uh, Saw my wife on the bed. What a nasty nightmare. (laughs) Hot time in the living room. I caught my cheating wife in the park. (laughs) The next one's called "I Saw This Hot Babe in a Sauna." I'm just reading all the titles as I scroll through it. These are hilarious. We could make up some really interesting, like free-form poetry. Just I was going to say,
1: stringing them together, you know.
0: <laughs> so yes, these would amuse you for for hours on end if you can take how awful it is. Yes, because it is just really bad. Yes. So there he is. He's still writing. Still doing stuff. Keep going. Keep going. He just never quits. Um, and then I, as I was Googling around to try and find more information on him, some some folks of like minds to us had set up the Andrew Troy Keller fan site. I know. <laughs> which just made me laugh and laugh. Well, of course. And it was quite a while ago um, that they did it. And of course not. And I like it. Here's the about page. It says, what's with this page? We're connoisseurs, erotic fanfic connoisseurs, which is undoubtedly the best kind. Except we actually have no idea what goes on in the world of fan fiction. Not even the slightest hint. We also don't know anything about writing either. I was an English major for about a semester, but ATK's no Chaucer. I tell it he that. (laughs) We just really want to know who Andrew Troy Keller is. Do any of you know? Let us know. It's sort of a sick obsession now. Except by obsession, I mean it's only lasted about 24 hours. (laughs) Also, my roommate Greg found the fix first. Not me. I swear. (laughs) So they have um, a list of um, carefully chosen um, things that he wrote. And this is probably from like 2008 or something. Mm -hmm. And so these are the different fan fictions. G.I. Joe, X-Men, He-Man, Infinity Incorporated, Welcome Back Cotter, and Thundar the Barbarian. (laughs) Okay. Those are the favorite ones that they've chosen to
1: put here. Okay.
0: So funny. So very, very funny.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, what I will always remember about Andrew Troy Keller is I actually wrote him a fan letter <laughs> I, Because this was before he got into some really ugly, nasty stuff But, you know, it's, it, his stuff was so bad But it, it was so obvious, obviously joyful He was having such a good time mm-hmm. And I thought, that should be encouraged, you know And so I wrote to comment on his story about um, Kirak and Miramani mm-hmm. And I said something about Kirk <laughs> he writes back and corrects me. (laughs) It's Kirok. And that was like it. That's all I heard from him.
0: (laughs) Maybe I should try to send him another note just to say, I see you're still writing. Good job. Keep it up. I love your titles. (laughs) Like the big mistake I made on the Hawaiian Islands, which was a story that he
1: wrote. (laughs) After I got there, but before I went home. That's right.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God so so funny
1: yep it's nice that he that he has gone into time travel because <laughs> with uh, his um misunderstanding of how before and after and during mm-hmm. and tenses generally work i think time travel was the best place for him oh my goodness yes well some things
0: never change and i think that is going to be a constant that andrew troy keller will continue to write yes. really bad
1: yes
0: fiction. yes okay. okay let's take a break
1: yes i need to get some more water
0: All right, and then we'll be right back. Okay. Deep thoughts.
1: Space, the final frontier.
0: These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. Its five year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. We love our listeners, and we love hearing from you. Send email to lookathisbutt at gmail.com and leave comments at lookathisbutt.blogspot.com. Check us out on Facebook, too. Still recording on the trusty MacBook Pro.
1: And we're back. And we are back. Now, um, I ran across this article called How... How Star Wars Ruined Star Trek. Mm. And it's an interesting article. He, You know, uh, he was talking about, it kind of gets into how J.J. J. Abrams is a Star Wars fan, not mm. a Star Trek fan. Mm-hmm. And so, but it's towards the end where it gets into the part I really um, strongly agree with, which is... It took this this thing, which had Star Trek, which you had always, because of the limitations of being on TV, uh, been about characters mm-hmm. and, and situations, and dealt with and, um, a lot of social issues and explored things like that, because you could do those on a TV budget. Mm-hmm. you didn't have all the explosions, and even when they went to the movies. Both the, the TOS and the Next Gen movies stuck pretty, you know, pretty closely to that. I mean, obviously they had to expand out, you know, certain things for the movies, but it was still about those people. And of course, when J.J. J. Abrams took took it over, it it became about the story, the people being, uh, you know, just these these little running around figures that shot things and ran and chased and blew things up and shouted. And um, and in other words, was much more Star Wars like, which is what J.J. J. Abrams wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, this led right into the very next article uh, I found, which is something that's been going around on the internet for I don't know, a week or so ago um, about the next gen, the next generation of Star Trek should be a TV show, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh, the. It, it talks about, you know, basically those same things. Oh, let's see. And then talks about how bad Star Trek Into Darkness was, which was great. Um, <laughs> and it says Abrams has moved on to a galaxy far, far away. And screenwriter Robert Orsi, who co wrote the last two films, was hired as a replacement. Hardly an inspiring choice considering yeah. he'd never directed before. But I found this out. He is a TOS fan.
0: Really? Not
1: a. Yeah. Uh, a uh, a Star Wars fan or you know
0: yeah interesting
1: yes and so they're saying um you know, what What can they really do? Um, Paramount is under the gun to get this out in time for the 50th anniversary or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they still have no ideas and, and you know, script or anything. So and here he's saying a new version of Star Trek, though, would be refreshing and well-timed. Mm-hmm. The public's appetite for science fiction, as opposed to what they're showing on the movies right now, just because it's in outer space, if it's just a lot of blowing things up, I mean, you could do it with boats, right? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. That, and that there's no science to it or even the appearance of science. And one of the things one of these articles pointed out, it's coming back to me now, is there's nowhere to go because now they have planet-to-planet beaming. Mm-hmm. So you don't need ships. Right. And now they have con blood so nobody ever dies.
0: Yep, exactly. So they've solved two huge problems they've right there. They've solved two
1: huge problems. But he's saying... um. The public really wants more science fiction, and there's definitely a marketplace for cerebral, non-superhero TV, especially since Battlestar Galactica departed, and that is very true. And in its heyday, Star Trek was a ratings monster, at least Mm -hmm. Next Gen was. You know, the first one was always sort of on the edge there. Um, Netflix made the wise choice of buying four shows that figure into the Marvel Universe. Why wouldn't they, or another streaming service, want a new Star Trek
0: Oh yeah, there are so many options now. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's not like they have to go to NBC and beg for money. They could make a new series in so many different ways. Yes.
1: Now here he gets into the heart of it as far as I'm concerned. Television is a much better sandbox for the broad universe of the show. While Abrams' recent films took advantage of big budgets to give viewers cool action storytelling, that's nothing a thousand other franchises can't do. But Star Trek could always attempt much more than that, exploring ethical dilemmas of Diplomacy on a Galactic Scale, and it did that in a much more conservative era of television. The one time Star Trek really tried long-form serialized storytelling was the Dominion War arc in Mm -hmm. the later seasons of Deep Space Nine, absolutely the series' highest point. As TV and especially online networks like Netflix embrace serialization, imagine what more could be accomplished. And that's what I'm thinking. We are seeing all these things um, being done on television Mm-hmm. that are these long drawn-out stories that are heavy on character and motivation and what's really at the heart of this. And I, I, in, in that way now, that's a much more satisfying viewing experience, at least for me, than going to almost any movie.
0: Yeah, you know. I totally agree. I, I, and they could; it could be so easily be done. Mm-hmm. The, the special effects are nothing now. Like the kind of special effects you need mm-hmm. for cerebral science fiction are not giant things blowing up all over the place, right? Because right. you're just focusing on the people, and it's just the environments and the aliens and. That would be, it would be so satisfying well, if they could bring it back.
1: And the, the the thing that kept people like me just sort of sitting on the edge of our seat with our tongues hanging out, waiting for the next episode of um, uh, Galactica, was not blowing up. Mm-hmm. It was those characters, that incredibly unique situation, and, you know... How were they going to deal with this? All these things kept coming up. And the characters were so strong and the interactions between them. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, that just, why, why aren't we doing that with, with Star Trek? Yep, I mean, I, that, that template yeah. was set in TOS, even though they were doing it episodically. The, the relationship between the characters was at the heart of the show, always. Mm-hmm.
0: I I could not agree more. And I think that that is the the key, as you were just saying, to why so many series now that might seem offbeat. I mean, why do people watch The Walking Dead? It's not to see zombies. Mm -hmm. It's because they care about the characters that are there and these, you know, bizarre situations that they have to be in and make all these really weird ethical decisions that they never thought they would have been faced with otherwise. That's why it's not to see stuff splattered all over the place. That's just a little bit of extra that they put in there. Uh, yep, it's all about the characters. It's all about the characters.
1: Yep. And he says here, I just want to read the last little bits. As Star Trek Three languishes in development hell, I find myself less and less interested in having things line up with the rebooted Abrams universe. Mm-hmm. Writers like Brian Fuller, who currently helms NBC's brilliant Hannibal, have said they'd love nothing more than taking a crack at a Trek TV show. Surely that prospect alone is enough to get any sci-fi fans salivating. And that's before you hear that his dream captain Mm. is Angela Bassett.
0: Oh, man. That would be amazing. Yes.
1: Yes. So, yeah, if they, there is no reason they shouldn't go back to TV because in movies, it's not special. Mm -hmm. What they're doing with it is not special.
0: That's it. I wonder, well, we'll see what happens. We'll mm-hmm. see if they ever get that third movie made and what the movement is to bring something back to television. Yeah, but,
1: um, I'm that afraid that, that it, you know, that they'll either not make the third movie or it'll be crap or whatever, and they'll go, well, that that franchise is over. Yeah, yeah. And that's my worry is that it's going to kill the franchise. Mm. And I think, oh, my God, there's so so much amazing, good storytelling and strong characters going on in TV right now. Because they don't have to have a reset button at the end of every 60 minutes. Mm -hmm. Things can happen and have effects that go on.
0: Right. And that's what people want to see. Yeah. They want to see stories. Actual real stories. Yeah. (sighs)
1: So that was my rant. But I thought, you know, this was really interesting. And I hadn't really thought about, you know, Star Trek should go back to TV. But go back to its roots.
0: I think so, too.
1: Uh, You know, even if the
0: movie tanks or doesn't get made or whatever. I still think that there are enough people working in television who are Star Trek fans mm-hmm. that they could get something
1: made. Oh yeah.
0: If they could pull it together with the right cast and the right budget and the right writers. Mm-hmm. They, they could do it despite what happens to the movie, especially if it's if it's not even set in the the reboot universe, mm-hmm. you know, if it's actually in the the <laughs> the real Star Trek universe. Right. That would be really cool.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah um I, I I agree. I, th- I think that's where it should go. Yeah.
0: Cool. Well, thank you for sharing that article. That's that's a really nice little piece of writing. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like it. Very good. Um, I wanted to just mention before I forget. I saw something online today, and um, it, it just explained the thing. So remember when they were doing fathom events? where they were showing Star Trek episodes in the movie theater, we went to see Where No Man because um, we wanted to see it. It was remastered and everything. And then they did a couple of TNG episodes that way too, which we didn't go see. Right. They did it and they were very successful. And then they stopped. And I I had always kind of wondered why that was. Mm -hmm. And it turned out it was because the, the um, director of one of the TNG episodes that they had showed made a big stink out of not getting additional residuals from that theater showing. Oh. And that totally screwed it up. And then Paramount was like, well, fine. If we can't do it for these guys, we're never going to do it again. Mm-hmm. And they decided not to do it, which is so stupid. Yeah. Because that was a real moneymaker. When we went to see We're No Men, there were tons of people there. It mm-hmm. was like a real event, it was a big deal. Yep.
1: Ugh, so stupid. Wow. Well, and. In- Okay, there has been a history of uh, the various owners of the property being stupid about Star Trek. hmm You know, not knowing what to do with it, not realizing they owned it. Yeah. <laughs> and this is just another instance of, this is one of show business's biggest and longest running cash cows. Yeah. And like, you guys keep giving it to people who are killing the cow. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, that's it, right? You know, there there are so many more ways that it could be done on a, a more unlimited a budget with people who actually care about quality, mm-hmm. and it could reach just as many people. Oh yeah! And, gosh, they're putting TV. They're putting series on Amazon. Amazon is is funding TV shows. Yes, now,
1: yes, which is and um, the Golden Globes just recently. Almost nothing in network TV got anything. Mm-hmm. Shows right. that I hadn't even heard of were getting awards. Yeah. Because I, I don't actually watch all that much TV anymore. But um, it's like it, it's all happening out in these more, quote, unquote, independent venues or that aren't mm-hmm. tied to television that you can watch them on your computer and on your iPad and probably in your Google Glass. I don't know. Yep.
0: This is the future. Yes. That's where the future has to be. And
1: Star Trek is part of the future and it always yep. will be. So. Yep. Agreed. Get, get on the get on the bandwagon here. So, yeah. you wanted to talk about fandom.
0: I want to talk about fandom. So here's the thing: um, I have um, once in a while I, I read different forums where people like to snark about the weird shit that's happening in fandom, and I get to find out things that I would never have known otherwise. <laughs> and some of it involves fans behaving really, really badly. Mm. So I wanted to just give you a couple of examples, and then I want to know if you think that Star Trek fans have ever behaved like this. Now, we know that Star Trek fans can be pretty bad sometimes with levels of obsessiveness, but listen to these two examples. So there's this show called Supernatural, right? Mm -hmm. I watch it, but it's been on for like 10 seasons or something. I don't know, a long time. And the two leads in the show are named Jensen and Jared, and I don't know what their last names are. That's the actors' names. Oh, okay. And I think in the show they play brothers. They're, they're I think that's it. Sam and Dean. Mm-hmm. I think that's right. I think Killa really likes that show, or she used to anyway. Anyway, none of that is relevant. It's been on for a long time. It's on the CW. Talk about like minority network programming, right? Who <laughs> I mean, watches stuff that's on the CW. But it's been on, and it has a very loyal fan base, and it just keeps chugging along. You know, good for them. They're turning out something interesting that people like. So, these two guys who are in the show are like normal actor guys who were in plenty of stuff before this, and they'll be in plenty of stuff after that, but they've been together in the show for quite a while. There is a portion of the fan base who is convinced that these two guys are in a monogamous gay relationship, and that they're both married and have children, and that their marriages and their children is all set up by the network. So that people won't be scared away by the fact that the two leads are in a monogamous gay relationship. And these people who believe this, and I really think they believe it, they're not just doing it to be funny and ironic, Mm -hmm. spend all their time on their forums like, looking at what the actors tweet pictures of themselves and their wives, and and then speculating about, you know, oh, they had to do this because the studio set it up, and they really spent the weekend in Aspen having wild sex on pool tables, and I know this because somebody who knows really (laughs) told me about it, and it's really weird, like, that they really and truly believe it, and also that they are so mean to the women that they happen to be married to, who, mm. they're just like normal women, you know, just whatever. I think one of them's an actress and one of them's not, but they're awful about it, just awful. Like to the point of just calling them terrible, terrible names and saying how ugly they are and that they're gold diggers and that, you know, they're only doing it because the studio is paying them to do it. And how much do these actors hate these women that they're forced to spend time with just for the sake of their show? And it makes me feel really bad inside. Like, ew, that's awful. Yeah. That's not a good way to be. And it, they have gone to cons and tried to ask the actors in a roundabout way about this sort of thing, and mm-hmm. they very quickly shut down. And
1: who know. has shut them down? The actors, the con, the, con the, the, the other fans.
0: Both the actors and the con. Okay to sort of keep things from erupting because apparently this is a, a sensitive topic and not one that the actors, it's not something that the actors really want to spend time answering in question and answer period. Yeah. Okay. So there's one example. Then just this past week, I find out, well, first of all, when we talk about Sherlock, we know that there are lots of people who love to ship Watson and, and Holmes, right? Mm-hmm. Like on the show that they are a yes. couple. That's fun. I, I, I like to think about that. Then there are people who think that Benedict Cumberbund and Martin Freeman are actually in a relationship, despite the fact that Martin Freeman's married and has two kids. Mm -hmm. And uh, Cumberbund just got engaged. He just got engaged, right? So there's that. Then, one step further, there is a group of people, and I don't know how many people are in this group, who think that his getting engaged recently is not real, and it's all a publicity stunt set up by the studio because the Oscar nominations are coming up soon. So... He's been forced into openly declaring an engagement to this woman. And now there are rumors that she's pregnant as well. Like, whatever. Maybe she is. But that it's all a ploy for the Oscars. And he doesn't want to do it. And the studio's forcing him to do it. And they hate, hate, hate this woman that he's engaged to. I think her name is Sophie Hunter. Mm -hmm. I think she's an actress or something. She seems nice enough. But, oh, the things they say about her... And now, I mean, they do things now like send hate mail to Benedict cummerbund's PR people mm-hmm. to say, we know that, you know, this isn't real and that he's marrying this gold-digging whore and all the rest of it. And it's like, seriously? And they're trying to – so the latest thing I saw was that they're trying to – have, it was they called it a call to action. So they're trying to dig up dirt on this poor woman so that they can sell it to tabloids to make her look bad. Okay, they're setting themselves up for a lawsuit, I think. Well, you'd think so, yeah. But I was just shocked, like, oh, my God, this is what people are doing? And I thought, and, and someone asked me, were Trek fans ever this crazy? And I cannot think of instances where... I heard about anything like this. Now, there was that story that Bill tells about the woman who stole his clothes while he was Mm -hmm. in the shower. That's pretty obsessive. But in my time in fandom, I do not ever remember coming across people who were so obsessed about the actors that they were sort of engaged in campaigns to hate on their wives or girlfriends in an active
1: way. Well, you know, um, I feel like despite the fact that we have this show, (laughs) that we are sort of inactive in fandom now this is true this is uh but yeah in the time when you know when we were both pretty active there were yeah many instances of fans being cruel to each other Mm -hmm. and and stupid um but the 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 part of the fandom you and i hung out with mostly uh stayed away from actor fic Mm -hmm. for for starters we i believe the the group we were we were with and and uh knew the difference between the actors and the roles. Mm-hmm. And in our writing, we were generally more interested in the characters mm-hmm. than um, than writing stories about the actors. And every now and then, you know, like you, I, I'll skim back into it alone and see what's going on. And there does seem to be a lot more obsession with the actors now mm-hmm. than uh, than what we ever went through. Of course, when you go to a convention, part of what you're going for is to – see the actors, but it's still in connection with the show, Um, this whole idea of of sending hate mail to somebody's wife or husband or fiance or children or anything, that's just, I mean... (sighs) That's really really sad. You know, it's like um when when Robin Williams killed himself? Oh yeah.
0: Oh, the people sending messages to his daughter. I on, know. On it was like, lie. Oh my
1: god, are you psycho? She's lost her father." Mhm. So, so I I don't know. And and yeah, do, do these people think the whole world is there for their entertainment or whatever? And so if they do something they don't like, you know, they're in a position to to send hate mail or hate tweets or or things like that. I just, I can't, I can't understand where this is coming from. Why is it know. that important?
0: I I don't understand it. I really, really don't. Um, I mean, I, I understand getting obsessed. Yes, right? I've been there. I, I've been obsessed with things. Yes. I've been obsessed with shows or songs or musicians mm-hmm. or actors or whatever, but... I don't do anything about it, you know, like, and, and what actors or, or whatever those people do in their lives is just what they do. And I don't ever imagine that I have any influence on that or that it's any of my business, frankly. Right. It's like they're, they're people and they do what they do and they're autonomous and whatever. And, and mm-hmm. I don't feel like I really have a right to comment on that. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I I see a little bit of it, like a little tiny bit I understand which is the, um, the pleasure in knowing things that other people don't know, right? Mm. Like I know this secret about this person or mm-hmm. I know what's really going on. People think that this is the way it is, that Benedict Cumberbund is really getting engaged, but I know the truth, that it's not real, that it's all set up by the studio. Therefore, I am better than you because I know more than you mm-hmm. do. So I kind of get that part of it but I don't get the the like intense hatred
1: that goes along with it. Well, and the other thing is, the, it there's a different sort of obsession and and proto stalking that goes on with female celebrities. Mm, mm-hmm. But this, we're insisting they're gay. Why is that the big thing? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you know, a slash. You know, you okay, everybody's got their own opinion on Slash, and they're all valid because it's all in our imaginations. I don't Mm -hmm. care what anybody said. Nobody deliberately set out to make Slashy Star Trek episodes. (laughs) But we see them. And, you know, when you watch them with that in mind, you can see what could be interpreted as sexual tension, flirtation, everything like that. But I never imagined that at the end of the day... Bill and Leonard both went, bye, good night, and then stuck around, you know, so they, they met up again in the parking lot or something so they could hold hands while they drove home or something. Yeah. You know, this this whole thing of insisting that these guys are gay, and also in this era when gay people are coming out left and right, and everybody's practically at the point of going, yes yeah, so or what? Yeah. You know, you're, you're gay. Well, you know, if coming out made you feel better about it, that's great, but I have no issue with it, you know. And and I, I'm glad of that. I'm glad that people can just be yeah, I'm gay, I'm straight, I'm bi, I'm this, I'm that, you know. Because it's 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 just life. So why are they insisting that these guys are in the closet? I don't know. I, I, I... And under the control of the studios.
0: I know. So that's the other thing. It's like, it's
1: not 1940 anymore. Exactly. (laughs) It's more like the actors are in control of the studios now.
0: Yeah. It's not like that. It doesn't happen that way where they, they put up these elaborate cover stories. And I'm sure that for some actors and their lives there probably are cover stories because mm-hmm. they don't want to come out yet or whatever. I mean –
1: Or there's but, other things they're keeping quiet about, yeah, you know. Yeah, so,
0: and that's that's fine. They're people. They're allowed to have secrets. But it's not like the studios, especially when you think of it in terms of, like, the CW, for one thing, because, you know, what that's run by a bunch of third graders <laughs> that network, isn't it? You
1: know, it's not a real network. Not like and, the one run by Sandy Wax. <laughs>
0: So, so there's that, and then the other thing is that are Oscars even that big of a deal anymore? You know, I, I don't know. Well, there's so many other awards that seem like they're they're more desirable because they have more cachet, like the Golden Globes or the mm-hmm. Screen Actors Guild Awards, things like that.
1: Well, I tell you, you said something that that really hit home for me a few sentences back. You said, "Yeah, they're people; they're allowed to have secrets, and that's the thing." Um, we are so obsessed with celebrity and with being famous between TV and movies and magazines and Twitter and tweeting and Facebooking and everything else that I think more than ever there are a lot of people who believe like Homer Simpson that celebrities know everything (laughs) and that they are different. They're not just people and we own them in some way. And, yeah. and you know that that they're they're like our role models but you know if they're going to be our role models or whatever then they they better be exactly what we want them to be and they better mm-hmm. not have these secrets because they owe it to us to not have secrets yeah
0: yeah i think that that's true i think that's a really really good point and maybe in the case of these these supernatural fans they, they are so invested in their reading of the situation mm-hmm. that, that the actors must be – they have to. They have to be doing it because there's no way that their reading of it could be wrong, right?
1: Well, that's like the fans who insist that Bill and Leonard were deliberately playing a sexual subtext.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Because that's their reading of it, and there's no way Bill and Leonard could not be in on it and could not have – uh, actually, put it in there. And maybe that's another thing. It's a secret communication between Bill and Leonard and them. Because yes. they understand. They that, get it.
0: So the, I was going to say this, this gets back to a thing I was just reading today about the crazy Cummerbund fans. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to this. I mean, this is just crazy. And my God, if I ever sounded like this, I would want you to shoot me dead. Because, <laughs> uh, you know. I, I love fandom. I love people and their fandoms. But when I hear stuff like this, it really makes me afraid. Mm-hmm. So there was something that they were doing, him and his cummerbund and his his fiance, right? They're yeah. coming through an airport or something. I don't even know what it was. And he was walking, and she was walking a little bit behind him, and he was holding her hand. And as they were walking towards the photographers, he walked a little too close to a garbage bin, which meant that she had to sort of bump into it to get around it just mm-hmm. because of where they were which is like a normal thing, and all of these people were freaking out and going, look, he did that on purpose. He made her walk into that garbage bin to show how much he hates her and how much he can't stand this charade that they're getting engaged. He did that on purpose. That was his secret signal. It was communicating in code to everybody <laughs> by making her walk into a garbage bin.
1: Oh, wow. Those people are really smart cookies to have picked up on that. that- so that... Isn't that amazing? And you're right. It is scary. It is scary. And, you know, people always say, well, when these people became actors, singers, whatever, and wanted to be famous, this is part of it. And, yeah, it is. But, I mean, there's extremism. Oh, yeah. And when they they are trying to intrude themselves into these people's lives, like sending hate mail and stalking, Mm -hmm. they're over a line there. Oh, man. It's one thing to shoot your mouth off as much as you want, but, you know, when you're, I don't know, like you said, you know, sending, sending hate mail, um, having a campaign. Yeah. Jeez. Like,
0: oh, I, he did not sign up for this. Nobody signs yeah, up Yeah, nobody this, signs right?
1: up for that.
0: Oh, it's just crazy. So it, you know, it got me thinking about Trek, and maybe there are pockets of Trek fandom that that are really like this. I don't know, and I kind of don't want to know because yeah. it would make me feel really bad and awful. But I, I, so it it also made me wonder if this kind of really intense, obsessive behavior is facilitated by the internet, right? Because oh you can yes, be in touch with people who are just as obsessed as you, and, right. and yet it becomes an infinite feedback loop where mm-hmm. you're just obsessing together and it gets crazier and crazier and there's nobody to kind of slap you in the face and go, um, you're making this up. Mm -mm. It's not really happening. So, uh, I I don't know. It's just very scary. So I really hope that, um, all those people that I've just been talking about have really, really good personal security.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think they do. Um, I think that kind of goes with the territory and if their agent manager, whatever has any sense at all, they're saying not specifically because of these, this particular bunch of nuts, but, you know, you need to be careful and you need to have, you know, good security around your home and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hope
0: so. Oh, man. Very weird. Um, I will mention one more thing, which is that uh, some years ago, Harlan Ellison, our good friend Harlan, <laughs> wrote uh, an essay called Xenogenesis. And I may have mentioned this on the show before. Mm, I'm not but- remembering. Go ahead. It's, it's a really interesting essay. He was um, asked, I think, or uh, to talk about the worst of fandom, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, what's the worst thing that's ever happened to you? And as he started talking to other science fiction writers, because they're all friends, they were telling him all of these stories about awful, awful fan behavior. And so he put it all together into this essay. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, he names names of the people who contributed the stories, but not the names of the fans, obviously. And it is really shocking to read you know, some of the horrible things that fans have done, not too far away from the kind of stuff I've just been talking about. It's an interesting essay. It's in one of his collections, and you, I can't find it online. But mm. If anybody's interested, you can find it in one of his books. Um, so so I, how long
1: my, is it before somebody does a, a, mis, a misery-type thing on a, a writer or an actor they're obsessed with? And
0: I don't know. I mean that's what I I worry about, and I'm sure yeah. the actors it crosses their minds too. You know, they're just mm-hmm. trying to live their lives. They're they're not looking for this. They just want to be on a TV show. And the thing about these shows is, like on Supernatural, it's a it's like a mediocre show. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like it's um, Firefly or something. <laughs> you know, it's not a critically acclaimed hit.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Nobody knows who these guys are. They have this very devoted fandom. And nobody else gives a shit what they yeah. do or who they date and, and everything. And I, I guess they just can't see that in the big picture. Wow.
1: Yeah, yeah, I don't remember anything like that going on in our little corner. And, of course, you know, we had flame wars and, and arguments and, you know, sometimes we're hateful to each other and, you know, our, our own little... Uh, <laughs> you know, personal, I'm not talking to her, <laughs> but yeah. uh, man, nothing, nothing like this, nothing that I've, that I feel could, could possibly grow into something genuinely threatening.
0: Yeah. Oh, very weird. Yeah. So, so fandom, get your act together. It's yeah. Like yeah. Stop embarrassing us.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, you know, it gets right back around to the reporters, right? hmm like, that's not typical of fandom. Please. Yes, yes. We're not like those people. Well, Please we write articles about those
1: people. We've got to be ready because when some Star Trek fan goes off the edge <sighs> and does something really horrendous, we are all going to be judged yes. just the way all Muslims are judged mm-hmm. by the actions of a few. And we, we are all going to have to apologize for that even though we have nothing to do with it.
0: Yep, you are right. It's bound to happen
1: one day. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, this show's ending on a nice, happy <laughs> note. Well, okay, I'll, I'll bring it upbeat a little. Please. What the discussion was reminding me of, though, when we were saying, "Well, how long before they kidnap the actors?" Is that episode of Futurama, where the alien has all the actors and forces them oh, to yes. act out his fanfic <laughs> <Yes>. script, <laughs> <laughs> and Bill so says funny. the line about my ship that <laughs> I love like oh, a woman. Like a woman. <laughs> Oh
0: yes, that was so brilliant. So very, very, very funny.
1: <laughs> and of course, and it had Welshie in it. <laughs> they did have
0: Welshie. I love that. Oh man, that was brilliant. Okay. Yep.
1: Yeah, so that ends us on an upbeat note.
0: That is a better note. Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts about fandom and people Mm -hmm. behaving badly and things like that. And if you've got any other stories of people just crossing that line, send it in because we'd like to know about it.
1: Well, I am just after we wrap this up. I'm just going to settle in and read "Fun with Kirk and Spock."
0: Oh, good. (laughs) I I hope you like it. I know I will. I think you will get a real kick out of it. Yes, and it is
1: actually a very well-made book. I mean, Isn't it nice? You yeah. know, the cover um, has, has texture to it, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's a high-quality paper, and it's, like, the same size as those Dick and Jane books.
0: They, it's perfect. I think they did a really good job making effects in the
1: that. They really did, so awesome. thank you so much, and, and now I'm anxious for next Christmas to come out for <laughs> my Star Trek lights to go up.
0: Oh, that's great. Well, thank you for the wonderful socks and the little, the little spaceman. spaceman. Your own little spaceman.
1: <laughs> I read some article the other day. I think it was about, well, there's so much going on now. They're finding new planets and everything. But it actually a couple of times referred to something as space, space things oh that didn't God. need that modifier <laughs> space. And I just was cracking up. It's in the space, yeah. the outer space. you go to the outer space and you drink your space milk. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so funny. All right. Well, folks, that's it for another action-packed episode <laughs> of our show. <laughs>
1: One of Maybe. our more thoughtful shows. Thoughtful. Yes.
0: Yeah. Um, and we'll be back pretty soon with another episode. And, of course, so much going on with Bill, always new things to talk about. Yes, so. His, his
1: uh, that TV show that he's guesting on, shouldn't that be on coming yeah. up soon?
0: That should be on soon. And then he's going to be doing that motorcycle ride across the country. <laughs> have you seen the motorcycle? I have not seen it oh, yet. Oh, no. there's
1: pictures of it or, or oh, of the good. mock-up. That'll be in the next show because it's whacked.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> sounds great. All right. Well, thanks so much for listening, folks. We'll be back soon with another show. Okay.
1: Bye-bye. Okay. Bye.